0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well today, it's a kind of a day where I'd like to say two masses, but I'm not going to because there's two things that I think are very important. It's the feast of Saint uh, James Interchesis and of the Miraculous Medal. So I'll just briefly make comments on each. Saint James Interchesis, he's a Persian saint. He was in the court of the king. The king got mad because a bishop burnt down one of their temples and so he ordered a persecution, and uh, so James, as, as a member of the court, renounced Christ, and then his wife and his mother wrote him a letter and said, well, you know, if you're not going to have anything to do with Christ, we're not going to have anything to do with you. If you're ashamed of him, we're ashamed of you, and it, it hit him uh, so strongly that he entered into himself and said, yeah, what have I done, you know? So he walked around and said, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm sorry that I've uh, renounced Christ, until finally that ended up with him getting arrested, and of course, the king is really furious because this is one of his uh, his counselors, and, and all of a sudden he's, he's going against him. and powerful men don't like to be crossed. That never changes in history. And so he was given the options to deny Christ or be martyred, and he wouldn't deny Christ. So he's called interchesis, was the Saint James cut into pieces. Because what the executioners did is they started, they cut off like basically at one joint at a time, you know, and cut that off and cut that off. And he was he was saying psalms while this is going on, so he's getting this great grace. And it's finally, he's literally left just as a trunk with a head by the, by the time, and he still won't repent, and so they chop off his head. There's nothing much that can be done with him anymore anyway, because he's, he's missing all his limbs. They're piled up in little pieces everywhere. Really a horrible martyrdom, a great, great saint, someone we can pray to, that we have the courage to live like Catholics every day and be faithful witnesses to Christ. We're not getting every joint cut off with a sharp knife. Why should we be afraid if we have people that have gone ahead of us that haven't? So that's just briefly on St. James Interchesis. It's also the Feast of the Miraculous Medal. We all know that. It was actually on this day in 1830 uh, that Our Lady showed it to St. Catherine Labore. What had happened, there were some apparitions there, uh, St. Catherine Laboure was woken up by a young boy in her cell, which is quite astonishing, but she realized it must be her guardian angel. He, and she takes her down to the hall of the chapel, and the lights are coming on the way, and that isn't like electric lights, so it wasn't like switches that are flipped. And they go in, and there's our lady sitting in a, in a chair in the sanctuary, and talks to her quite a while. And I, on this day in 1830 then, she showed her that she wanted a metal struck, and then she basically stood in the air and, and saw how it was. And she was in, when it's finally like that, she's in this kind of a position with all these graces uh, flowing down and all that. But she's standing with her head on, or her foot on the head of the serpent on the globe like we see in, in, in the typical statue where you see on the medal. And then it's spun around, and of course we had the M at the foot of the cross with the 12 stars uh, symbolizing, among other things, the 12 apostles. And so that medal was struck, and I, I think she was working with her confessor. I think, ultimately, the only people that knew what was, that our, they knew that Our Lady was appearing in the convent, but nobody, I think, except for the Confessor, and the Mother Superior, knew who it was, too. Nobody, so the other sisters didn't. That's a sign of authentic visionary. They're not trying to get on TV and tell you anything. They're not starting a blog and telling you what the good Lord told them. That's just not authentic at all. This is it, they're a hidden kind of a person. So, she's hidden, but it's, called, it's struck, the medal struck in, in honor of the Immaculate Conception. Yeah, but it's called the miraculous medal because that's exactly what happened right away. Is as soon as it was struck. I think they were first struck in 1832 or something. And they're getting distributed, and uh, and you have all these miracles, and it's been that way ever since. I remember now. This is from my memory, so there might be a detail or two wrong. But when when I was in seminary, so this is over 20 years ago, one of the guys in seminary at that time it was uh, very close to Father John Harden, yeah. and 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 Father Harden. Great Jesuit, great late Jesuit told him a story he said he said when he was a a young Jesuit, I think their their first year that they're ordained, uh, they just go out on the weekends and hear confessions and come back, but anyway, one of the old mission Jesuits told him, John, when you get out there, you have to enroll everybody in the miraculous medal well he yeah, okay, but he got busy and he forgot about all these things, and he's out somewhere and he gets a working as a priest, and he gets a call to come anoint some young guy, I think he's 10, 12 years old, I don't remember the particulars, but he'd been in a toboggan accident and smashed his head, you know, so he's dying. And uh, so Father Harden shows up there, and the, and the kid's dying to so anoint him, and they're all praying, he goes, and all of a sudden occurs to him, you know, I should enroll him in the miraculous medal. So he says, does anybody here have a medal? Well, somebody did, and uh, so you get the, get, get the miraculous medal, put it on him, and did the enrollment right out of the ritual, and as soon as he says Amen, the kid sits up and says, "I'm hungry," <laughs> and everybody's kind of shocked. I'm hungry. The third time he says he's hungry, he says, "Can't you see this boy's hungry? Get him some ice cream," and and then he told uh, my friend Jim, "You must enroll everybody in the miraculous medal," and uh, I've taken that to heart. They they enroll everybody here every week. So thank God, or thanks to the Godfather, has that going. So th- this is a parish where it's unusual that you have people. But it is amazing. I'll just, one more anecdote and then we'll quit. This isn't as amazing as Father Hardin, but it's still in this, its own right. When I was in Kansas City, a woman wanted a, a, a medal from me because uh, she was going to visit some young guy. They were, they were having a party because he lived like four or five weeks past when he's supposed to. He's had some kind of terminal cancer, just, and he's, they're all, they're, so they're going there to have a little party around his bed, very, very weak. And so I give her the medal, and she comes back about a week later so excited. Because she'd gone there and given the medal, and long and short of it is, I guess he went into remission and got better, just like that. Well, we shouldn't be surprised, because Our Lady has her son's ear. And Our Lady, if, if Our Lady wants something done, it's going to be done, because she doesn't act against her son. But boy, she has that kind of power. So anyway, today, on this Feast of the Miraculous Medal, we should thank God for sending His mother down that loves us so much, and for this gift of the Miraculous Medal that reminds us of that love.